everyone. Welcome to another episode of Exhibit AOK. I'm Laura Fitzgerald Hushek, joined by Harrison Cooper. And today I'm coming to you live from sitting on the floor in my closet to have a good quiet recording space. Harrison, once again, you are putting me to shame. Not only are you sitting at a desk at an office, you are in buttons, a proper button-up shirt. What is going on? You know what? Not only is this a shirt that has buttons, this is the shirt that I got married in this time last year, and it's my only shirt that I have to dry clean. All my other dress shirts I can throw in the wash and then throw in the dryer and they, they dry. They're the quick-dry non-iron shirts or whatever. Um, but I haven't had a chance to do laundry for a couple days, and so I'm I'm now using this one. So I'm gonna have to take it to the dry cleaner when I'm done this. But yeah, I, it's nice to see you. I, I don't mind that you're sitting on the floor while we record this podcast, and it's a nice neutral background. So let's get to our fantastic interview with Keith. And I'm glad that you are wearing a, an appropriate dry clean only shirt, fancy, and that is suitable as we are speaking with the director of rehabilitation services at Bartimaeus. So without further ado, here's Keith Lindsay. Good afternoon. We are pleased to welcome into our Zoom podcast studio, Keith Lindsay. He's joining us from his wife's craft uh, stand location. Keith, how you doing? I'm doing really well. How about you? Doing well, thanks. Keith, you have uh, over 30 years experience working within the mental health and rehabilitation field, and I understand that you are a child and youth care practitioner, but as you've told me before, I, I think that you said you have a bit of a colloquial saying that you are a Toronto Maple Leafs fan and everything else is just fluff. Is that right? Just fluff after that. Wife, children, job, career, fluff after the Leafs. <laughs> Good to have your priorities in order. Thank you. And they know it too. It's okay. <laughs> so we were chatting a little bit before we started recording today, and I understand that you're really living the quarantine dream in terms of being productive at home. Um, so what have you been up to lately in terms of baking or stuff around the house? Well, I, I have taken to baking, which is a relatively new thing in my life. I wouldn't say I've mastered anything. Um, one, one of my favorite things that I started making was banana bread, but that became quite a bit of a joke internally in our house because uh, I made it once, it went really well, and then I was making it again a couple weeks later, and I was sitting on the couch with my wife, and I jumped up, and I, I said, oh my God, and she goes, what? And I said, I forgot to put the bananas in. <laughs> oh, so you made a nice loaf. I made a loaf, but a little sweet. It was okay. You put a little butter on it. It was fine. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not a big cook and I'm not a, a big baker, but I've been doing a fair bit of that uh, around the house, having fun with it. Now that you're working on your banana bread recipe, is it like, are you a walnuts kind of guy or are you like, do you do chocolate chips or is it just straight up bananas? Because then if that's the case, when you forget the only ingredient, you're not doing too well. See, and that one, I just really forgot the only ingredient. I like walnuts, but but my wife and son don't like walnuts in the banana bread, so I tend not to make it with it. Fair enough. Well, that one was just, as Laura just said, it was just a loaf. <laughs> <laughs> so a pro tip uh, is I have this like random old leftover tub of cream cheese icing. It's, it's from April, like it's not that old. 
But then if you're if you want to spice up and you have your regular banana bread that's healthy-ish or just a bananaless loaf, uh, and then you want to turn it into a dessert, you just kind of glob the icing on top, and then you have a deconstructed cupcake. That's what I'll remember for next time. Thank you. That's uh, good advice for next time. The other thing I've been doing a lot of is uh, yard work. Uh, it's it's not something that I typically do. We've built a couple of things. I, I texted my uh, my brothers and my close friends and saying, today I used a drill and a saw. Hey now. At the same time, same day. Yep. And I didn't have any help. Like one in each hand or same time as in same project? No, just do the same process. Laura, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, I'm really not that guy. I don't, my wife has tools. I, she sometimes lets me borrow them. She let me borrow them and I used them and I didn't lose a finger. So it was very successful. My brothers all complimented me on my big boy pants that day. Keith, I'm very impressed by you because I nearly lost a tooth. On a previous oh. podcast episode, I was talking about how I was rebuilding my deck with the help of my father-in-law. And it was a multi-day job because we couldn't find the right size wood and we, needed, we didn't have the right saw. And I was pulling off rotten deck boards using a crowbar. And I was really leaning into a particularly stubborn rotten deck board that was held in by a rusty nail. And at the last second, the nail gave way and the crowbar went rapidly into my face and smoked my tooth and my lip. I had a fat lip and I'm actually still concerned that I might have deadened a tooth. So I've been in constant communication with my dentist. He's reassuring me that I should be okay, but I need to get in for an appointment as soon as I can. Okay. Well, I'm going to take your advice and no deck building for me. Yeah. Good call. <laughs> I'm just not that qualified. Apparently me neither. <laughs> <laughs> So Keith, outside of the uh, the home repairs and the baking, um, how has work been going along during quarantine? And have you found you've had to adapt in any ways um, as most of us are still uh, at home or avoiding a lot of in-person meetings? Yeah, I, I've um, almost everything has been shut down. RSW support uh, came to a screeching halt. Uh, some some uh, Zoom stuff was continuing to happen, but by and large, it got really slow. Um, we right away, our, our son has, um, some health issues. He's doing really well, but he has some health issues that made us isolate ourselves really early in this whole thing. And we still continue to stay isolated at home. Um, I, I've been to the office like three or four times to pick stuff up, but I'm not, I'm not going into the office at all on any regular basis. We've just been staying home. It, it's been going well, uh, you know, with things having moved a little bit in the direction of opening up. Some of our RSWs have got back to work, and so that's put me a little bit back to work. But I'm just doing it from home, and and it's been fine. I, you know, I, I say I'm living the pandemic dream. We're healthy, uh, we're fine, everything's going to be okay, and uh, we're just going to take our time getting back. My my wife works from home as well. She works with another side of Bartimaeus, and we've just uh, been talking that we'll reassess where, what we're going to do somewhere in the middle of July. We're going to stay home at least till then for now. Yeah, and it's a great time of year, especially since you've got, you know, yard space outside. It's, it's great if you're, if you're taking extra precautions to isolate because of, you know, yourself or a loved one. It's, it's lovely to be able to at least have a, have a decent amount of space around you and get outside doing that safely on the deck that, yeah. or wherever else you've been repairing. Absolutely. I haven't had to repair my deck. My, my deck's still relatively new. So we, we, uh, we have a big backyard in the old part of uh, Innisfil and, and I have spent a lot of time outside. The weather's been wonderful. And even on rainy days, uh, I have a gazebo in the backyard. I'll just sit and not read. I, I love to read. I've 
read like, I don't know, eight or nine books uh, during COVID. So yeah, it's all, it's, it's going really well. I, I have no complaints. Nice. Any recommendations for books? I, I have a, a critique of a book. I'm a, I'm a big Grisham fan. I've read every John Grisham novel. I got his latest one uh, for my birthday during COVID and, and I was disappointed. So I don't recommend the newest John Grisham book. It's the first sequel he's done. I'm not a fan. Didn't enjoy it. Um, I, I, I like to read uh, biographies, autobiographies. I, I just finished Bobby Orr's book, cool. which I really, really enjoyed. And, um, and I just finished, and I, I know it's her first book, but for me, it's the first time reading. I just finished reading Hillary Clinton's uh, Living History, and I really enjoyed that, a look at um, the inside world of American politics, which right now just happens to be full of humor. Yeah, you gotta laugh, <laughs> otherwise you might cry. Uh, you definitely gotta look at it that way. Humor was a very uh, apt way of, of describing that without treading into deep water. Yeah, I don't wanna go into those deep waters. <laughs> so Keith, I regularly see you at different charity events and different industry events. Obviously those are off the table for the time being. Uh, how are you keeping connected with not just your company and your and your colleagues, but you know the community at large? Is there anything that you've been doing? You're right, Harrison. I, I go to lots of events because I enjoy them. I love the charity events. Um, I love the lunches and all that. I'm missing it, but but uh, I, I really haven't. I mean, I, I've stayed really connected with the RSWs in our company and and the other service directors. Uh, we we've been taken to having you know some Zoom meetings and keeping in touch that way. Um, the RSWs throughout, because I, I cover, uh, you know, up to Sault Ste. Marie, Sudbury, North Bay, et cetera. I, I've been in touch with them regularly uh, by phone and, and some of them by Zoom. So in, in that context, I've stayed really connected to my team. But the greater rehab world, for the most part, uh, can't wait to see them. Yeah, I mean, one of the charity events that people often talk about in our office is the Habitat for Humanity Lip Sync. And killed you guys, killed you guys. You know, I was gonna give you a little, a little nice pump your tires, kind of give you the opportunity to to, talk, to praise you. Um, you did a good job, you did a good job. Thank you, I, I got motivated by the original, uh, you, you guys doing Kiss, uh, which was fabulous, um, <laughs> which I, I think is the best one I've ever seen. But uh, I, I really enjoyed, uh, for those that are listening, that I, I did a, me and uh, Mandy, who is one of my RSWs, we did Paradise by the Dashboard Light. And, and I got to tell you, I, I don't think I've ever had more fun in my life. I've never done anything. I'm not musically inclined. I've never done any kind of acting or anything like that. But it, it was an amazing rush when, when, uh, when it was done. You're a performer, no doubt. Are you secretly using this quarantine time to get ready for the next set for whenever Habitat for Huronia comes out with the next lip sync? Well, we had plans. We were actually just at the verge of starting to do practices. And then this just got shut down because, you know, last year, not to brag, but we were the highest fundraisers. This year, I wanted to win Best Act. So, and highest fundraisers at the same time. But uh, I'm not sure where we're going to go in September with this stuff. I mean, you've got the craft room. You could be doing set design right now. You could be even getting the saw and the drill out, like getting some sort of a really big backdrop, maybe finding a smoke machine, making one. Making a smoke machine. Yes. Uh, probably not. I really recommend just getting yourself some platform boots and a big wig. Or uh, in my case, I had that 
uh, reprehensible bodysuit with full chest hair that in hindsight was somewhat short of appropriate, but I did it. Oh, I thought it was hilarious. I, that, that, that truly and honestly, that's my favorite act that I've ever seen, including my own. So wow. good on you guys. <laughs> Mutual respect for the competitors. Great to see. Yeah. Speaking of competitors, Keith, you are a diehard sports fan and specifically baseball. As we were recording this, the MLB and the players are trying to finalize a deal to see about resuming the season, or I should say starting the season, because it actually never got underway. Assuming that they are able to reach an agreement, do you have any predictions or things that you're looking forward to for the upcoming baseball season? Well, I mean, uh, I hate to be a killjoy, but my prediction is that nothing's going to happen. I don't think these, I think with numbers spiking like they are, I think everything's going to get pulled again last minute. Uh, That's my fear. Uh, and also my hope, because I, I think we're going in the wrong direction, but I don't want to get all, I'm not a doctor. Um, I, I do want to clarify, Harrison, uh, you said I was particularly a baseball fan. Baseball's my second love. Hockey's my first love. As a matter of fact, when the, when everything kind of broke in the big world of the pandemic uh, on the Tuesday or Wednesday, when everything went to, that weekend, uh, my buddy and I, who I do my baseball trip, we we're going to take a trip. We we're going to go see the Leafs in Boston that weekend. We we're supposed to leave on Thursday morning and everything obviously got canceled. Yeah. But as it turns out, the hotel that we were staying in, in Boston was the epicenter of their state outbreak. Oh. And there was a, a conference uh, two, or two, two or three weeks ago at that hotel and uh, 90 people got infected from that conference. So oh. uh, it was a, a double edge. Uh, good for us not to go to Boston. No kidding. Yeah, that is a massive silver lining. Yes, indeed it was. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why I thought you were a baseball fan, because you and I have talked before about the travel that you do in the baseball parks that you've been to. Like, I think you've been to a bunch of major league and a bunch of the minor league parks, too. And- yes, that, that's true. I, I, I do love baseball. I just wanted to clarify that. Remember, Leafs and baseball is part of the fluff afterwards. Let the record show no one is questioning your Leaf fandom. Thank you. Thank you. Um about uh, 10 years ago, we started taking an annual trip with, uh, we, we were roommates back when uh, in, in school with my buddy Rob, and uh, we have gone and seen a number of major league ballparks, and we do, like, so the, the trip that we took to Texas, we took three days to drive down, and each day we would drive about six hours and stop and check into our hotel and then go watch a minor league game. So we actually plan our trip so we can watch a minor league game along the way. So I've seen... 11 major league ballparks and somewhere around 20 minor league ballparks. Wow. But nothing compares to Fenway, the, the history, the richness, all of it. I, it was my favorite place to be. Um, But my, my favorite uh, minor league ballpark was the Lehigh Valley iron pigs. Um, And uh, just a great name. I mean, just on the name alone, but you know, when you go to a different ballpark like that, we do. We, we, we try and go down to the stadium about two hours before, always. Walk around, take in the ambiance. And in Lehigh, you go in and it's, it's all open. And behind home plate is, a, is like a rock band. And, and out in left field is a, is a jazz band and free concerts. And it's just a party atmosphere. Nice. So my last road trip, which is a while ago now, is Pittsburgh. And I planned it uh, based on stopping at some of the best like barbecue spots along the way that were on diners, drive-ins and dives. Mm-hmm. When you're heading down, do you, uh, do you plan around trying to get to the minor league stadiums or are there any other attractions you're trying to find along the way typically? No, just minor league ballparks. The only, I, I, I uh, 
sort of went into the deep end there a little bit with American politics. I love it. And watching it, uh, I'm intrigued by it. And the only uh, special trip that my buddy made that I didn't know about was I went to the uh, Bill Clinton Presidential Museum on one of the trips in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. And that, that was just a great place, a lot of fun to be in and absorb a lot of that stuff in. But, uh, you know, when we're down in Texas, we're going to eat barbecue and, you know, whatever. Uh, had some crab cakes in Baltimore that I think are as good as I've ever had in my life. So we, so we, we try to eat what the locals are eating. I, I This year, uh, last year, I was in Houston, and uh, I had alligator for the first time, or crocodile, I don't know which one, but either way, it was really good. Tastes like chicken, right? It, uh, it's a little saltier, but, uh, yeah, it tastes a little bit like chicken. Cool. I enjoyed it. I loved it. So, yeah. I wasn't a huge crocodile fan. I found it kind of like a fishy chicken, but I think I had a poorly prepared one. Oh, well. Harrison, do you have anything to weigh in on the taste of crocodile? I've actually never eaten it, but I went when I was on a bachelor party uh, several years ago now. We did a fan boat tour through the swamps near New Orleans, New Orleans, and they the alligators come swimming right up to the fan boat. And I guess, I think it's illegal now, but the guides used to throw marshmallows into the water and the alligators would come swimming right up to the boat and they would eat the marshmallows and they would go just nuts for them. And the guys could get the alligators to do all sorts of crazy tricks because they knew how much they loved these little sugar cubes of, of marshmallows. I can't believe they were chumming the water with marshmallows. It's just such a random food to think that alligators would be drawn to. Yeah, no, I know. How did they figure that out? Yeah, you gotta wonder what the trial and error was behind it. Like, just throwing anything that floats, I guess. Yeah. What did they do first? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, Keith, already today we talked about, you know, things about work and stuff around the house. And I know that probably the other, the other big factor that everyone had at the start of COVID, at least, was the, the rush for, for groceries or running out of certain supplies. Um, before we started recording today, you told us that you had some sort of story about toilet paper. And I honestly don't know which road I'm going down by asking you because I don't know the story yet. But please tell me about your trials and tribulations or successes with toilet paper. Before you do, can I just point out how hilarious it is that, like, we're asking you to tell us stories about toilet paper? Like, how far have we gone in COVID that we're now soliciting stories about toilet paper? I'm just glad it's now a laughing matter because toilet paper was a hot button topic in March. Great point. I had to stop using Charmin. I went right to whatever Dollarama sold. It got it was getting dire for a while there. <laughs> well, see, that's that's the fun part of my stories. It's completely the opposite. So right away when COVID, you know, we determined we're coming home, we shut the office down, we're gonna be here. We, who knows how long? My wife put together a, you know, a honey-do list, you know, and on top of the list was clean the garage because our garage over the winter had become quite cluttered. And so we opened the front door up and the back door up to get some good sunlight. And we go in there and there's me, my wife and my son, Jeremy, and we're getting ready to tackle this job. So we, we, we start thing. There's three boxes. So she says, well, what's in the first box? So I look and there's some stuff and we decide some stuff we're going to give away and some stuff we're going to move into the house. The second and third boxes were boxes of toilet paper that she bought at Costco in October and forgot about. Jackpot. We looked at each other and said, we can retire now. <laughs> it's the 2020 equivalent of finding buried treasure it was gold it was gold we became popular we gave some to our daughter we gave some to 
our good friends. Yes, we were really, really popular toilet paper people. So we um, we never struggled with a toilet paper supply. Wow, I can't believe we were speaking to a toilet paper baron the whole time and we didn't even know it. Oh, toilet paper baron. For our, <laughs> I don't even like the sound of that, but for our own personal safety, we didn't share it loud. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> All right, Keith, this was so much fun. Do you have any other parting words for anyone out there in podcast land? Oh, no. Uh, honestly, we're well. I, I appreciate and thank you for the opportunity to do this. It's been a lot of fun. I'm living the pandemic dream. We're, we're all healthy and we're staying well. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of people in person, hopefully sooner than later. Well, now that you've let everyone know that you're the toilet paper baron, I mean, and you're looking for online connections with the rest of the rehab world, Anyone listening, please get in touch with Keith Lindsay, and he may sweeten the deal by uh, couriering out a toilet paper roll. I mean, oh, he won't actually, but maybe you should reach out to him anyway. I can't believe you said that. All right. Thanks a lot for joining today, Keith. Thanks for having me. Bye, everyone. Bye.